0: In the last 60 years, the annual rate of increase in atmospheric carbon dioxide has grown 100 times faster than any previous natural increase in all of Earth's history. Because of this, scientists predict that the rate of global warming for the next century is at least 20 times faster than what we would consider normal. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Preview of Tomorrow. I am your host, Mike Lake. President and CEO of Leading Cities. In this preview, we will be reaching beyond basic talk about the threat of carbon emissions as I speak with Madison Savalo about how this threat can be addressed and how carbon upcycling technologies is working to reverse the trends of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere.
1: Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake President and CEO of Leading Cities as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow.
0: Welcome, Madison, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, For our listeners, Madison Savalow is the chief of staff at Carbon Upcycling Technologies, a young but rapidly expanding company based out of Calgary, Canada. Now, before we get into what Carbon Upcycling does, Madison, I'd love you to start off this interview by telling us what what do you believe is the biggest thing fair you have or that faces society over the next five to 10 years?
1: Yeah, no, thank you, Mike, for having me on. Um- I think one of our biggest fears, especially at carbon upcycling, as well as my own personal fears are environmental degradation, um, climate change, uh, growing CO2 levels. I think there's a lot of implications that come from that and a lot of impact on people throughout the world, whether they're in big cities here in North America, um, smaller cities, rural areas. I think it it plays a, a role in all facets of life.
0: There's no doubt about it, and and you know all our listeners, we we hear so much about our carbon emissions and and you know the efforts like the Paris Agreement, of course, uh, that countries around the world coming together. I think it's about 196 countries have now signed on um, mm-hmm. to to combat this challenge. So can you tell us a little bit more? Uh, what does this what is this challenge really? Where does it come from? How do what do we do to stop it?
1: Yeah, really good question. I think, you know, a lot of people understand this problem where they've heard of climate change, but maybe they don't understand the full scope of it. Um, One analogy that we like to use is that if you were to take the weight of humanity, so every person on Earth and multiply that by 100 times, that's the amount of CO2 that's entering the atmosphere every year. So that's, it's crazy amount, but uh, 40% of that. You
0: mean, when you say the weight of humanity, you're talking about the collective, when every person on the planet stands on the scale. Yes. how much we all weigh.
1: Yes, and then multiply that by 100 times. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So 40% of that comes from buildings or the built environment. So when you're talking about you know big cities, that's a massive amount of CO2 emissions coming from the structures that are within those areas. And by 2060, we're gonna see the built environment double in size. So there's a lot of new developments in the world and that's why it's really important for us to go about this development in a really sustainable and resilient way.
0: You, you, you talked about buildings and, and the fact that cities are such a huge contributor. As I recall, cities contribute about 70% of the world's carbon emissions each year. Is that, is that right?
1: That's probably pretty close. I know 40% comes from the buildings themselves, but the way that the cities operate and you know just people in general gathering to these regions, I can easily see that being a, a valuable statistic.
0: And, and carbon itself is is kind of a, a, a building block of just about everything, right? <laughs> Including us. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest, um, I guess, opportunities for us is to be able to use that as a resource rather than viewing it as a liability. So being able to harvest the, the carbon from the CO2 and use that for many different products. We're seeing it done You know, across in crazy different industries from vodka to um, crayons are even made of this to, you know, concrete, which I'll talk a little bit about later.
0: That's amazing to me. I mean, to think of it in those terms, it's it would almost be if we were emitting gold into the atmosphere and just losing it. Right. I mean, it's (laughs) it's it can be such a valuable um, resource rather than a problematic resource.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe even more so, because I guess uh, carbon would be very functional in the sense that it can be um, versatile and used in many different resources rather than gold that has some limitations on it.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So that brings us to carbon upcycling. Um, tell us a little bit about what what it is that you guys are doing. I, I find this to be so exciting. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it too, but we're a carbon utilization company. So we're taking the CO2 and using it in uh, many different end products uh, that add value to performance, um, to strength, to a lot of different metrics depending on what that industry is. Um, Our slogan or what we're trying to do is take the pollution of today to build tomorrow. So that's really our, our end mission is to see that CO2 is used as a resource in every facet of life.
0: And can you give us some sense of of what some of those products are that you, you are able to create?
1: Yeah, so a lot of our products are additives actually. So we take gaseous CO2 from many different types of sources, whether that's a natural gas plant, we've used direct air capture CO2, and even industrial CO2. Um, And we embed that into inorganic solid powders. So essentially the particles of the powder are acting as a sponge, they suck up the CO2, and then we use those powders as additives for things like concrete, plastics, pharmaceuticals, solar panels, we've even launched a consumer product line. So it's very, very broad, but that allows us to tackle a lot of these bigger issues.
0: And and consumer products, meaning that anybody listening today could actually be buying something that uh, has contributed to reducing the emissions in the world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was the whole goal of this, was to show that um, this material can be used in pretty much anything. So we got really creative and we came up with a few products we thought were unique. Um, They include things like yoga mats. We've got concrete pens we have watches with concrete faces that have co2 embedded in them and then we've actually engaged with an artist in residence so um, we have an amazing artist that we've worked with out of california her name is Anna Lee levin and she's created um, crayons she's come up with t-shirts it's it's been amazing to see what we can create with this
0: wow so you know for anybody who's out there birthday gift shopping uh, <laughs> some great ideas um so and trying to wrap my head a little bit around scale on all of this I mean there's a lot as you said um, a lot of carbon being emitted into the atmosphere every year Um, so uh, help me to understand first what is it that you actually do you kind of talked about you know the powder absorbing this but how does it all work
1: yeah it's a really good question Um, we have what we call the reactor Uh, That's where all of our technology takes place and where this process happens. Um, But essentially what we're doing is we're loading this powder into this large vessel, we're pressurizing it with CO2, and we're rotating the vessel for anywhere from a couple hours to a week. Uh, And That allows us to process this powder and then offload it into many different industries. Um, One of the biggest industries we play in is the concrete industry. Um, It's a major contributor to to climate change. um, And that allows us to really access this very large market. Um, Concrete is actually the second most used substance in the world other than water. So anything that you see made from concrete has a big carbon footprint and we're reducing that, uh, that CO2 value that's in that.
0: And by reducing it with these additives, are you not only reducing carbon, but are you adding to the strength of the final product, the concrete itself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So all of our products have some sort of performance value. That's really how we're entering these industries and how we're able to deploy our technology is to show that we have a performance value other than just, you know, this green factor, so to speak. So with the concrete, that's our I think most exceptional example of how this works, but in addition to the CO2 adsorbed into the the fly ash or natural pozzolan or recycled glass, all of these are additives to concrete that we can use. We're able to also reduce the amount of cement use by up to 20% and increase the compressive strength of concrete by up to 40%.
0: So when you say reduce the amount of cement by 20%, uh, Mm -hmm. if if I'm in the construction business and I'm building something out of concrete, you're also talking about a 20% reduction in cost off the bat, uh, at least of my concrete cost, because I use 20% less, is that right?
1: Close to, yeah. So cement is the most expensive portion of concrete, but because we're adding this enhanced fly ash to replace the cement, it's not quite 20%, but it is between 6 and 10% cost savings.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a cost savings. It's, it's helping reduce carbon emissions. It's strengthening the final product. This is a win-win-win.
1: It is. I think you should be our next spokesperson for this. This would be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean just understanding the the impact that this can have and and of course for for the average consumer um you know just buying a yoga mat that is it can help contribute to this effort. So coming back to the question of scale, um what is the what, other than concrete companies um what are what are some of the largest um buyers or or um you know, clients, I guess you could say, of carbon upcycling, I, either current or, you know, future, you know, who who's going to be buying this?
1: Well, it is a lot of concrete manufacturers. That's what we're looking for right now. Like we just announced a partnership with CMEX, um, which is a really large concrete manufacturer. We've been through the Lafarge Wholesome Accelerator in France, um, and one of our local partners, Co., is just down the road from us, so it's really easy to, to send them product. Um, but we are looking for licensing agreements as well. So whether that's the concrete side, plastics, whatever it may be, we're also able to license out the tech as well as the reactor itself. So. That's something that we're looking to do to deploy this widely and to make sure that we're able to deploy this and the technology is being used on a massive scale.
0: Got it. So real quick, tell us, how did how did all of this come to be? Uh, What was the what was the impetus for, for carbon upcycling?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it, it was before I started with the company, but in 2014, uh, there was three founders of the company. Um, two of them were, were leading a, a piping company here in, in Alberta, um, and the third worked with them. Um, Apurv Sinha is now our CEO of the company, and the other two original uh, founders are our directors. Um, but they started this really with a goal of creating an anti-corrosion coating um, made from CO2. So they knew that, obviously, CO2 is in abundance in the atmosphere and we can use that as a resource Uh, like I mentioned a couple times that has been really the the idea behind this whole thing the the entire duration of the company so that was our very first product actually was the anti-corrosion coating um, and we sold that first in 2017 but that's how it started and we've branched out from there.
0: Well, in, in quite a, I mean, tree you've built here of branches uh, from from uh, anti-corrosion coating to yoga mats. I love it. Um, yeah. So let, let's talk about the future uh, a little bit and let's get us, you know, five, ten, whatever years down the road here and, and tell me, what, what does deployment of carbon upcycling look like? Where, where do you see it? How many tons of carbon do you see, you know, being pulled from the atmosphere each year?
1: Oh man um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where where we go from there. I think each of the product lines itself will um, have their own type of runway and their own projection into you know the five and ten year your goals. Um, I think obviously the biggest is going to be concrete, just because it's such a massive industry itself. Um, but in that, we're looking to deploy our technology even further. So just to give you a bit of an idea, we've just commissioned um, a reactor that produces between eight and twenty tons of uh, concrete additive per day, um, which means that in the past six years, we've scaled our technology technology over 10 million times. So we're looking to increase that even more. Our next reactors we're looking for are about 50 tons per day to 100 tons per day, um, and those will be directly at concrete manufacturer sites. So there'd be very little transportation of this. They would have the capability to do this process um, themselves. Uh, which makes it very efficient. But that's kind of the model we're looking for for most of these product lines, um, similar to the plastics, uh, which would be, you know, a graphitic nanoplatelet. That's what they'd be producing. Um, Yeah, right on their site, which is really exciting for us.
0: So to put this into terms that, you know, I can can understand <laughs> uh, in terms of my own impact and, and how much carbon, obviously this varies from country to country, but globally on average, do you have a sense of, of how much carbon an individual contributes uh, each year?
1: That's a really good question and I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. I used to know these very well um, and they're all on our website actually. So we started offering this portion of an e-commerce site where you can offset any activity, including yourself, for a year. So. There's some really cool opportunities within this space and within carbon utilization to, to do that and offer carbon credits for people and offset what your emissions are. Um, we also have other things on there like your Thanksgiving dinner, you can offset that, or you know what it takes to, to own a cell phone for a year. Um, all of these things that you do and all of these activities have emissions associated with them. And um, that's how we're able to, to translate it is through that carbon credit value.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Well, speaking of that, can you can you share um, the contact information if people want to learn more or or look into the website uh, to, to calculate their offsets?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can find us at carbonupcycling.com. Um, we have everything there on the website. I think our, our best email address is info at carbonupcycling.com, um, but yeah, we're on LinkedIn, we're on uh, basically every platform of social media, except for TikTok, but <laughs> we're on everything. And you can also find me directly as well on on LinkedIn. Is
0: Wonderful. Well, Madison, I can't thank you and, and the whole team at Carbon Upcycling enough for the work that you're doing. Um, I mean, look, leading cities, we work with cities around the world. 90% of the world's cities are coastal, um, and so, The work you're doing is is literally preventing cities from from being sacrificed to sea level rise Um, so i mean the impact that you're having is is immense um i can't thank you enough for that effort Um, and i can't thank you enough for, for joining us today on preview of tomorrow sharing this exciting technology with all of our listeners and viewers um so thank you very much
1: yes thank you for having me on and for all your support
0: Absolutely. Well, on to a a less carbon future. How's that?
1: (laughs) I agree. Yeah, let's do that.
0: Terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. In addition to thanking our guest, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow.
1: Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.